Welcome to the Mad Writers Union. Speculative destruction, one episode at a time. I'm Jay Wolf. I'm Tim Berger. I'm Nina Niskanen. And today we are talking to Cat Rambo. Welcome! Yay. <laughs> Thank you! <laughs> and... We are waiting for Jay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean... <laughs> We're not gonna we're not gonna be able to do the uh, Dave Robinson uh, rundown, unfortunately, because oh, I didn't okay. do my Wikipedia homework. <laughs> well, I mean, Dave, I do Dave every once in a while, just because it leaves my ego swollen to enormous proportions. <laughs> I mean, Cat Cat has done basically everything. You're a Clarion graduate. You've written a million jillion short stories and. Uh, you're a CIFWA president, and you have a, an amazing novel called Beasts of Tabat, which will be followed this year? This year, I actually just turned in the uh, second book uh, awesome. at the, nice. last year. So, uh, yeah, uh, this uh, March, it should be coming out. Ooh, All right. That's soon. <laughs> that's very soon. I'm excited about that. I didn't realize it was this soon. I'm Yeah, yeah. It's, well... The nice thing about working with a small press is that the uh, turnaround time is so much shorter. Right. If I was working with like Bain or Tor or someplace like that, it'd be a year and a half between turn in sure. and put out. So. Correct. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, I'm missing out on a lot of things, right? <laughs> That's it. That's it. Uh, Teacher. Yeah, Mentor. I was just yeah. gonna say, <laughs> Master Gardener. Yeah. I have right. Master oh. Gardener. This is this is important. This is important. Hey, it counts. So Keep anyway, sick. we're uh, <laughs> today we are talking to Cat uh, about persistence in writing. Mm-hmm. And man, oh man, are, are you the living embodiment of persistence? Like you, you've done everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I mean, I was at uh, NorwestCon, I think very early on in my career, and I was listening to Bill Dietz talk and he said, uh, there are three qualities that really help you in this industry. And one is talent and one is likability, and the third is persistence. And he said, you know, you can get by on two of those. You cannot get by on just one. But uh, the thing that I also took away from that is the persistence part is really the only part that you have some degree of control over. Right. You know, mm -hmm. Maybe likability to some extent too, but persistence, I, I really feel... I mean, it took me a long time, took me decades to actually reach this conclusion. But the thing I've learned is that when you actually work hard at something more often than not, you can make it happen. Mm -hmm. I forget. When did you start writing? I Well, see, that's a weird question. Because uh, <laughs> I started writing like my grandmother was a YA writer. And so it was always assumed I was going to be a writer. And they gave me a typewriter when I was little and all of that. And when I went off to school, uh, college here in the States, I ended up uh, doing some writing and entering a couple contests. And then I ended up going off for a master's in writing. 
but somewhere along the line, I ended up getting sort of sidetracked in com- into computer stuff. And so it wasn't until 2005 uh, where I really kind of got butt in chair and decided that if I was going to be a writer, as I'd always been telling myself, uh, I was at the point where I needed to actually do it. Uh, sure. So mm-hmm. that's what happened. And you went to Clarion with... Um... I, I went... So I, I, must, I must correct you because it's Clarion West. Clarion, Clarion West, sorry. Clarion West, this distinction is yes. very important to each of the Clarion. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, little, I hear you. Yeah. little turf war there. So, and, and, uh, but uh, yeah, Clarion West is here in Seattle. And I got very lucky in my instructors. Uh, we had Octavia Butler, uh, Andy Duncan... Oh. El Timmel Champ, Connie Willis, Gordon Van Gelder, and Michael Swanwick. Uh, so that was, and then in my class, uh, we had Eugene Myers, who uh, went on to get the Norton Award for Fair Coin. Uh, we had Rachel Swirsky, who has influenced <laughs> the genre in all sorts of ways. And of course, we had Ann Leckie who oh, wow. set the bar so high that none of us will ever match Anne's attainment. <laughs> <laughs> ah! And God bless her. It's so, you know, she writes so wonderfully. I was just actually teasing her about this. Yeah, uh, I we was talk- there. <laughs> <laughs> I came down one day uh, at Clarion West, and she was sitting around with two other people, and they were all mopey, and they were like, oh, you know, in years to come... We're not the names that are gonna people are gonna remember, and they named three people. Now one of them was Swirsky, so they were right there. Yeah. But the other two people, I think, sort of vanished post Clarion. But I said to Anne, at some point, I am going to go to a convention and I will see people cosplaying Radchi because <laughs> I do yeah. not believe that that will not happen. And in fact, I think a year ago she posted pictures. <laughs> Awesome. I am awesome. a genius and recognize genius when I see it, particularly when it is significantly greater than my own. <laughs> Fair. So, so, yeah. And that actually kind of ties into the persistence question that, that I think a lot of us have is, um, especially like in the newer the newer writers who are starting to emerge from workshops and things like that, there's a lot of discouragement that happens internally, not even like that you get from other people, but just sort of like you are suddenly exposed to so many people who have so many talents and those talents are so different from yours. Yeah. yeah. Um, The imposter syndrome is very strong. (laughs) Yes. Unfortunately, I mean like imposter syndrome is part of being a human being. Uh, oh, you know, it's like yeah. any any industry you're gonna. Well, maybe not, not any. I guess like, I guess I don't like it, like Gardner's imposter syndrome. But I think it's just like when I worked at Microsoft, like everybody there, there had. Are, there are like gardeners who are borderline landscape artists, and mm-hmm. I'm sure that people feel imposter syndrome towards those oh, people. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's and it's absolutely true, but. One See, one of the things that happened to me at Clarion West was we had all these people that would come up and somewhat dolorously proclaim, uh, you know, some of you don't write after Clarion West. Clarion West breaks some people. You just have so much uh, information uh, that you can't write for a year and, or, or you never write again. You know, and, and it was just and it was a kind of it was an obnoxious conversation, I want to say. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I had quit my job at Microsoft in order to go off to Clarion West. I had a spouse who was willing to shoulder the mortgage for a while, and I did not have time to sit around and kind of be precious and go, oh my God, Clarion West, I now must recover. <laughs> you know, I had to, so I kept writing a story a week after Clarion West for three wow. months. And I really think that made, well, I did, t I took a few days off and just slept. But I, <laughs> and I, I think you don't do much of that at Clary. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't. There's just so much going on. I imagine but it's, I it's like a, a more intensive version of Bible Paradise. Oh, we yeah. all met at Bible yes. Paradise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think there's a real uh, camaraderie that comes out of those groups, which is amazing. You're you're immersed in that. Um, but of the thing about persistence, I mean, one of the things that I really wanted to do because Gordon Van Gelder was my uh, Clarion West instructor was get in the magazine of fantasy and science fiction. Mm. And mm -hmm. I will say it took me 44 submissions to finally get a right. short story. Uh, but nice. I did finally. <laughs> and then, and now it was at the time where you had to mail it in. <laughs> right. Yes, many of those mail mailman. I was so happy when uh, Charlie Finley took over and they were like, right. kind of and, uh, <laughs> "Yeah." I gotta <laughs> say, I adored Charlie. Charlie for his feedback and, and the fact that fantasy and science fiction as, accepts electronic feedback. No, he's a no, he's he's submissions and yeah, quick sorry. turnaround too. So yeah, Jay, so, you were going somewhere. Yeah, go ahead. Oh no, I mean, I think that we kind of <laughs> covered the territory that I was that I was heading for. Just that, um, that that getting past the the stuff in your head that says you can't do this yeah. is so much okay. of a persistence game. So I actually have I actually have a question because this would maybe help me a little bit. Um, so you you just stated that after you got out of Clarion, Clarion West, the, Clarion West. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, it's it's like the Hugo Award winning, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, so after you uh, got out of Clarion West, you took a few days, but then you you continued on and did a story a week. Um, whereas I got out of Viable Paradise, and I felt like my brain was melted, and I, I had I had that point where I, I had to process all that information, Man. and I'm. I'm still processing it's been over a year i'm still processing everything that i learned how did you get through that how did you power through those days well i think part of it was i had the advantage of having been through a pretty intense uh master's program because mm -hmm. uh, i went and got i got a master's from the writing seminars at johns hopkins okay oh yeah that uh that yeah. and so that <laughs> we were the last class to be taught by john barth and it was a, a really an, another, I think, a fairly high powered group. And I was so daunted because like we went around that first day and it, there's like 15 of us and people are like, yeah, I'm the Spanish editor of Vogue. And yeah, I studied at Brown with Robert Coover. Yeah, I just came down from Harvard and I'm, you know, I, I came from. University of Notre Dame, which is a good school, but I took like 10 years to get through it. I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm Indiana. And so I 
volunteered to go first in workshop and was so intimidated that I ended up turning in a group of three flash pieces instead of, you know, a single piece and then puzzled everybody because uh, there was no connection between the three pieces and everybody was, was trying to figure out, thought that there was a connection. So I managed to flummox <laughs> everybody my first week. Oh, no. <laughs> But I mean, and it was a, it was a workshop that every semester started out with somebody crying. It was it was a very intense workshop. Mm -hmm. And Clarion West, I mean, by then, I think my ego was sufficiently developed uh, that I could handle it. And I think I really had an advantage. I came in at the age of forty, uh, <laughs> right? And, yeah. I, you know, at the age of 40, you have kind of been banged around enough that uh, you have an easier time saying, uh, f*** you to the world. If, if I can, right. can I swear? You know? Oh, yeah. Yes. yeah you can swear. Yeah. Tim will meet I mean, you later. <laughs> I, have, I have this very exercised swear beep, right, Jay? <laughs> Cat knows. <laughs> but you anyway, have swear. to. I mean, Fluent in French, okay? <laughs> That's it. So yeah, you were saying. Yeah. So you have to be willing to just not care to a certain extent. And I, th I think that's one of the balancing acts that you learn in workshops is, is the sort of, here is my work. You guys are going to make me help. You're going to help me make it better. And some of you aren't going to like it. And that's fine. You know. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um. You mentioned uh, 44 rejections from uh, Gordon Van Gelder before you've made it to the pages of fantasy and science fiction. Um, is that part of the how you get over and keep submitting to that? I, th I think it's really important. When I finish a story uh, and I'm about to send it out, the thing that I do is I generate a list of three to four markets. And I send it out to the first one, and as soon as it comes back from that first one, and it often does, it goes out to the second one. Because I think it's very easy to let stuff just sit on your hard drive, because you don't feel quite secure about it. Sure. Um, but it's not doing you any good there. You know, you don't, it's like, you know, like Emily Dickinson, you cannot count on somebody coming to your estate and finding your notebooks and publicizing <laughs> them to the world, right? Odds yeah. are not good. Yeah, that's a very bad career plan. <laughs> Just I mean, general. it's a great posthumous career plan. Oh, yeah. Plan. <laughs> Even then, I think it's a little chancy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unless you, like, um, um, haunt your relatives to... Hmm? Well, That's there's true. A story in there. Depends on your faith in the afterlife there, perhaps. <laughs> true. <laughs> but um, then again, that's just a matter of, of likability and persistence that if you could properly haunt someone. I'm, no, I'm totally going <laughs> tangential here. I'm sorry. Somebody reel me back in because it's so, crazy. So you mentioned just sending, sending the stories out when they're done. Um, how do you define done? Well, um, actually, I just I'm in the process is ah, I'm in the process of finishing up a class on rewriting and revision. Uh, so this is very much on my mind. Oh. 
What I have tried to do is create a process that lets me know when it's done, uh, that lets me kind of move through a manuscript in stages. And you know, the very last stage is reading it out loud. And once I have done that, I'm like, okay, it's, you know, I no time to go, right? You know, right. Little, little story, you may be broken, but here you go. Um, <laughs> because I'm a big believer in writers must acquire the skill of rewriting partially because it frees them up to write. Uh, you know, you don't yeah. sit down and look at the blank page and go, oh, my God, I have to fill it with genius. You're just like, oh, OK, I got to fill it up with some words and then I'll fix them. And so uh, being able to trust yourself to do that is part of being able to to write. I think, you know, you have to right. trust yourself to make crappy first drafts. Everybody does. We did actually get permission for that, guys. Yeah, yeah. we 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 have a plaque, an actual plaque. That says permission to write badly. There you go. And that's, that's exactly what you need. It's exactly what everybody needs. Yep. And it's also signed by Jim McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Although awesome. in most of our cases, it was signed by all the instructors. <laughs> did you, uh, did you at any point struggle to get to that point to give yourself permission to write, to, to write a first draft? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that particularly at Hopkins, I was just I was like, oh, my God, I I must write something amazing or else they'll turn on the pack will turn on me and rend me. Um, <laughs> you, know, you, you have to. And I think, you know, it's a little bit like one of the things that you learn is how to turn an idea into a story. Right. You know, and it's not so much that you learn to distinguish the good ideas from the bad ideas as you learn enough about story making to be able to be like, I can take any idea and turn it into a story. And it, it may be weird, it may be out there, but it will be a, a definite story. There's a certain talent in that, in being able to take that, just to take any idea and and say, okay, I can make a story out of this because this is how anthologies are made, right? People are given a strange idea and said, all right, go for it, write this. <laughs> um, Whenever I feel like, oh, my God, this might be too weird. I remember that Michael Swanwick has a story that is basically a journey across the surface of a giant grasshopper. That's right. Sorry. <laughs> so you can do anything. I think I'm going to have to have like little reminders of like, you know, giant grasshoppers and things like that just posted around my room to remind myself that. Yeah, that weird thing that you thought of, somebody might actually read it and enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a great book, I, a book I really love by uh, Joe R. Lansdale, who's a wonderful writer called mm -hmm. The Complete Drive-In. And one of the reasons that I love that book is it just keeps getting weirder <laughs> and weirder and weirder. And you're just like, holy fuck, Joe Lansdale, you're like, your head's exploding. But it is a wonderfully freeing book. And then just like, well, I can do anything. Look at what Lansdale did. Yeah. Yeah. I think people forget that, though. I know I forget it because when I sit down to write, it's like, and it, it, I, I'm cursed by that whole thing of, you know, I get 150 words down. And it's like, oh, I see what's wrong already. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and it, it, it sucks because that that puts the brakes on. And I'm, I'm working yeah, that. you gotta just get past that, Tim. That's that. Um, I know. It, it's we getting there. We talked about that at VP. We, that, we have that, that plateau thing. We where have you can talked see about see what's it. wrong 
because you're you're at that that level of skill where where you can see like well okay this is really not the best and then yeah. because it's yourself you can be like so let's just put the brakes on this let's <laughs> not continue but that's where that's where the trusting in revision comes into play mm -hmm. right you, that lets you just go well okay i'll go back and fix that later and yeah. just because i I do a lot of time writings, you know, where you just sort of sit down and you start writing. And one of the reasons I do that is because it lets me shut the editor's side off. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know? I really feel like part of my, my previous process is that I was, I, I always edited as I went. Mm, I don't so, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that worked for me to a point, but now it's like, uh, yeah, that's. That's something you want to keep in mind is that your writing process changes. Yeah. You know, over time. And that is one of the reasons why you have to sort of, I think, I, I would argue you have to sort of constantly be looking at what you're doing and what's working and what's not. Mm -hmm. uh, I do an advanced workshop where one of the first assignments I give them is to change up something about their writing process. And then they have to come back the next week and talk about that. Just say anything about their writing process? Yeah, actually. Well, they have to do three things. And mm -hmm. they can do it, uh, they can write in a different location. Uh, they could write with a different technology than they usually do. Uh, they could write with an outline if they're a pantser or vice versa. They could try, you know, writing with pen and paper if they usually use a keyboard. Yikes. But yeah, mix it up. If, you know, if they hate <laughs> writing, in, you know, if they always have to write in isolation, they have to go to a coffee shop. Mm -hmm. You know, you try lots of stuff. <laughs> You're, you're laughing. It's just changing from a laptop to a pen and paper sounds so scary. <laughs> I love my I love my pen and paper, and I I go to the coffee shop with my friends, and they they're still looking for the power strip when I've already got like a whole page or two done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I do a bullet journal, so I I I, I use pen and paper, but. Actually, writing on that sounds so painful. <laughs> it's persistence, Nina. Yeah. It's all about persistence. <laughs> you got to push through that. So, okay. Um, you mentioned earlier something that actually uh, surprised me. Uh, you said that uh, you pick out three or four markets for that story are those three or four markets the only ones that you send it to or oh no 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 okay. no I, you know <laughs> once it's gone through three or four markets then it's time to generate a new list yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. okay i mean one of the things that i've found is as you begin to make a name for yourself it is mm -hmm. easier to sell stories i mean yeah. I, I can stories that i've sold now where i'm just like yeah that wouldn't have flown you know <laughs> right um, sure and people will let you get away with more experimental stuff. Yeah. So something may circulate for a number of times. Mm -hmm. Well, as you can say, it's no reflection on the story. I have a short story that ended up on the Nebula ballot uh, mm -hmm. the year that it came out, and it was original to my collection. And the reason it was original to my collection was that it had been to at least a dozen markets, including fantasy and science fiction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, but I, I think that also goes back to what we were talking earlier about what all of this is about is like persistence is that you keep trying and then, yeah, you make that name for yourself. You're able to to stretch your wings a little bit and people are willing to take more chances on you because they know the content of your work and 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 your own persistence, your, all, your own drive on. One of the things that 
that you you've mentioned a few times now is that you that at Johns Hopkins and, and at Clarion you just Clarion West Clarion West oh god I'm gonna keep doing it it's I'm gonna keep on hilarious. that up too so <laughs> so at Clarion West <laughs> those programs actually help drive forward because you can't stop you right. can't take time off and 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 do that um for for somebody that doesn't have the opportunity to, to chase some of those things, online courses, things like that. I mean, are, are where where are those opportunities to to help them? No, and because because you want to be sort of kicked in the butt to produce. Uh, you want to be producing in a group where you are not the best writer. Mm-hmm. You, know, you in fact, the lower you are on the totem pole, probably the more you're going to learn. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of online classes. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the things that I have found that I really love about uh, teaching the writing fantasy and science fiction stories class is most of the times each of those classes forms their own little writing group because mm-hmm. uh, it's folks that have been workshopping together. There's such a strong international uh, community. Uh, there's such a strong online community. Uh, we are really, we're at a point where we can talk to people across the globe in a way that, that, you know, humans have not been able to before. It is amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. the fact that we could do this call. Um, I think it's great to be able to, to do a workshop if you can. Um, I, I am deeply aware of the economic inequities being perpetuated through that system. And so I think it is very important to, to push the online side uh, yeah. rather than the sort of face-to-face side. That's one of the reasons why one of the things I do is each of my classes, I have a scholarship uh, and it's just it's called the Plunkett Scholarship. And it's just basically somebody that wrote in and said, hey, I can't afford to take the class otherwise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it doesn't cost me anything to do that. And it lets me pay forward a lot of stuff and it lets me acknowledge uh, that they're because I get really uneasy by the whole sort of face-to-face and conventions and networking and this this idea that there's this fabulous world that if only you can afford the hotel, the hotel uh, and airfare and all of that, you can be part of it. And so I like the online world a bit better because it's a bit more egalitarian. Plus, yeah. even even if you're local to something like Worldcon, it still costs like two hundred bucks to get in. Mm-hmm. It's outrageous. Yeah. It, it's yeah. you know, which and, I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, even even if, if the ticket price is you know just the cost of of doing business, mm-hmm. it's still like that doesn't that doesn't mean it doesn't act as a paywall, right? Right, and that's what I don't. I, I had a this comes up with a lot of people like should I go to conventions? And honestly, I don't think you should go to conventions unless you would otherwise. Uh, you know, unless you, you know, that's something that you're really going to enjoy. Because I think for somebody who's painfully shy, going to a convention can be upsetting and frightening. And so I don't, I try not to be prescriptive about things and say there are things that you must or must not do other than, you know, not being a jackass. Um, yeah. <laughs> Pretty good advice. That, that's rule number one. Don't be a jackass. <laughs> it's a really good rule. Yeah. It's served me very well. <laughs> well, I think even with the local cons, even that I, I know some local cons because uh, I'm in the Twin Cities and well, Convergence is the big one here. 
and and their early bird is like fifty dollars. But yeah. if, if you decide at the last minute, it's a hundred dollars to get in, yeah. and that's a that's a paywall. That's that's a lot, and particularly yeah. we worry about sort of the grain of fandom. Well, I mean, one of the things that we need to face is the millennials are in different economic circumstances. Right. Yeah. So yeah. And, and have to pay attention to that. One other source of community and that, that is a source for me is SIFWA, is the, the Science yeah. Fiction Fantasy Writers of America. And one of the reasons that I joined as soon as I was eligible uh, with a single story is because I had been told uh, by Ann Crispin that I would find that community there. And I will say that it has never let me down. I've always been very grateful that I joined you as fast as I could. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. But you can tell I've drunk the Kool-Aid as far as. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're up for what, your third or fourth term as president? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I was, I was vice president for a year. And this is my first year. I mean, my first term of presidency. Oh. This is the second it is a two-year term um i am running again because there's some more stuff that i want to get done and then i am going to take i think one of those cargo ship cruises where you're completely isolated for like 40 days (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm uh... That's completely fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a. I think that's a. It's it's good to have goals. It's good to have like a big picture in 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 view. <laughs> Are you gonna take Taco Cat with you? No, no cats. I, I'm debating the husband or not. You know, I might just... <laughs> maybe if he promises to be real, real quiet. Well, that's true. Well, I'm taking I'm taking him to Finland to Worldcon this year. Yay. He's that, so, yeah. <laughs> cool. That's awesome. Um, do we have anything else? I feel like I feel like if, I got everything. Yeah, <laughs> I will say, as an alumni of one of Cat's uh, six week workshops, that uh, I can definitely endorse that as a great resource. And our class was one of the many classes that had a. A brief tenure of a workshop that spun out from that. So nice. Yeah, I haven't been to the six-week workshop, but I've taken a lot of classes from Cat. They're they're I all like you need to take one involuntarily. Last week, I accidentally <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> just, just like, signed her up. This class needs to be in it. <laughs> I got this email from Kat that said, I am under the impression that you are taking a class with me. And I was like, I am not under this impression. <laughs> well, that's why I check beforehand. <laughs> Although it did sound interesting. And if I, I wasn't under a mountain of, because I'm applying to Clarion, Clarion and Clarion West this year is myself so i'm under a mountain of editing for oh, my yeah. stories so <laughs> i would have probably joined you <laughs> i do have an i have uh, two new new ones that are in the works one is with fran wild uh oh, if you know one on world building doing like a fantastic oh, world building Ooh, i think that nice. would be really cool 
Yeah. And then Rachel Swirsky is going to do one on speculative poetry. Nice. She's very well qualified to teach. So I think that would be very yeah. cool. So yeah, my little school's growing. It's, it's lots of fun. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. So Kat, have you read any good books lately? I actually am about three quarters of the way through a book that made me miss my bus stop yesterday, which is Matt Ruff's Love, Lovecraft Country, uh, which oh. I'm really, really enjoying, uh, and which is, I believe, uh, award eligible this year, and I highly recommend. All right. Tim, how about you? Uh, yeah, I've actually been reading um, a book called uh, Definitely Maybe by Arkady and Boris Trugatsky. Um, and I don't know if this was uh, some sort of... Uh, they, they were subversive. They did a lot of subversive uh, science fiction writing in the USSR um, back in the 70s, uh, which I think might come in handy. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well... Um, yeah, it, it's it's enjoyable. It's it's kind of a, it kind of reminds me uh, of uh, some. Y- you understand that there's an undercurrent that's going on here, and it's almost the the satire is, is really strong, but the the undercurrent of there's something wrong is, is just kind of throughout the book mm-hmm. so far. I'm not quite finished with it, but I'm really enjoying about and really enjoying it. So yeah. That's that's what I've been reading. So, Jay, what have you been reading lately? Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> well, aside from catching up on my backlog of uh, of uh, issues of the uh, Hugo Award winning Uncanny magazine, uh, because I, for some reason, have fallen behind. Don't she slushes. <laughs> I still slush there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, so uh, I've been working through, and I say working through because it's a book that immediately inspired me to start doing some work, uh, is The Art of Language Invention, From oh. Horse Lords to Dark Elves, The Words Behind World Building by David J. Peterson. Nice. Uh, cool. I briefly met David at Worldcon this year and was completely and utterly wowed with him. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> kind of just like absolutely in awe of his ability uh with language creation and uh and the book is a fantastic resource for that and uh i'm not all the way through that yet either uh but that's starting to become a theme on here so (laughs) i think think that's a completely legitimate place to leave off um but in any case uh yeah highly recommend it if you are the kind of person who is doing any kind of uh, science fiction or fantasy language invention uh, it is I would say probably the go-to for that um, Miss Nina yes. what have you been reading? Well I tore through uh, the recommendation that Jay gave <laughs> last time we recorded which was behind the throne uh, but uh, and the second book in the series <laughs> she actually got ahead of me but i just want to point that out but i also read um 
Jane Steele by Lindsay Fay. Mm. And uh, it's it's a novel that's very, very loosely based on uh, Jane Eyre. Like the the main character adores the book Jane Eyre and constantly finds similarities in their lives. But um, the book was sold to me with the sentence, Reader, I murdered him. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a lot bloodthirstier than Jane Eyre. (laughs) It's awesome. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it's... It has the same same tone mostly it's funnier than Jane Eyre but there's this whole Victorian Victorianish uh tone to it and it's awesome <laughs> cool all right well, thank you, Kat, for joining us. Thank you, guys. It and was it was really awesome talking to you. Yeah. yeah. Well, this has been a lot of fun, and I will carry it forward for the rest of the day since my day is just beginning. So. Right. Cool. We're on four right. different time zones. Yeah. We really, yeah. Separated by 12, 12 hours, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's sort of awesome. Seattle is <laughs> a, span of a, literal, a literal halfway around the globe here. Yeah. Um, no, it's 11. 10. 11. 10. It's 11. 10. Oh, no, it is 10. Uh, okay, what's it? Okay, it's very nearly yeah. halfway around the world. Yeah. <laughs> very nearly. But not All quite right. because I can't count correctly. Huh. Yeah, where can we find you online? If we didn't uh, already know where to find you. Find me on all sorts of uh, social media like Facebook and Twitter uh, as Cat Rambo. Uh, or you can go to catrambo.com and find my website with links to my fiction and my classes and all sorts of stuff. It's actually at catrambo.com? It, it will go to, you're thinking of the kittywumpus.net yeah, address. And that works fine too, but I figured it was less complicated for people if I just say catrambo.com, which does point <laughs> towards that. <laughs> right, because I've never gone to catrembo.com. I've always gone to <laughs> Kitty Wumpus. <laughs> this has been the Mad Writers Union. Now let's get to work. Our intro music is Cephalopod, and our interlude music is Exotics, both by Kevin McLeod at IncomeTech.com, licensed under a Creative Commons license by Attribution 3.0. Hey folks, thanks for listening to another of our podcasts and persisting in the work that you do. What did you think of the episode? Let us know. You can reach us at our website, madwritersunion.com. You can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash themadwritersunion. You can tweet to us at our handle, at madwritersunion. And last but not least, you can email us at madwritersunion at gmail.com. If you enjoy our podcast and want to help spread the word, please leave a review at iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast repository. And remember that there is a difference between Clarion and Clarion West. Don't be like me, folks. Get it right.